Welcome back, guys, to Social Workers and Scriptures podcast. We are so happy to be with you today. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. We're on there on at Social Workers and Scriptures. Today, we will be talking about attacking anxiety, kicking its hiney. I'm Kat Elias. And I'm Susan Camacho. And today, again, we're going to be talking about attacking anxiety. We're going to talk about what, what the heck is anxiety? What does it look like? And how do we get rid of it? Get out. I'll say it again. Get out. Anxiety. What <laughs> <laughs> we will, um, what we always want to do on our podcast, um, considering that we are social workers and we are Christian, is that we want to address vulnerable areas that there might be in our mental health that we sometimes have. And we hope that that will help address some of our areas in our vulnerable areas in our spiritual walk and vice versa. Okay, so maybe, so we told you a little bit about what we're going to do. Let's tell you about what we're not going to do. This is not a substitute for individual psychotherapy to treat underlying conditions or chronic mental health issues. Each person needs assessment on a case-by-case basis for treatment purposes. Do not go off your meds without medical consultation. If you are having a psychiatric emergency, please go to your nearest ER or dial 911. If you are in crisis, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Lastly, We are not expert theologians, but we believe the Bible is the ultimate authority, and we are Christian. We are mental health therapists, so we will be presenting both aspects of ourselves. I'll start with defining anxiety, because I think it kind of helps to encapsulate like what anxiety is, and we'll we'll go through various stages throughout the podcast about like what it does to your body and how you feel about like when you're anxious. Anxiety is defined as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Clinicians categorize depression about being about the past and anxiety about being about the future. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the U.S., ages 18 and older, or 18.1% of the population every year. Those facts are garnered from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. That's a little depressing. (laughs) Is that everybody so anxious? (laughs) That's making me nervous. That's too much. That's too many. (laughs) Anyway, I think anxiety, um, if we're talking about, okay, well, what does it look like? I I think that anxiety can be thought of when you lack peace, right? So when you lack peace, we tend to get anxious. We can also be very, it can look like being very hyper alert. You're always alert. You're always hyper vigilant and hyper alert. And Maybe you have reoccurring thoughts over and over and over. You're thinking the same things or you have fixated behaviors or fixated thoughts. Um, And lastly, again, that yes, you are constantly thinking in the future, not the present. So if we think about, okay, well, anxiety, we usually know what anxiety is to some level. You know, we, we think about it as being normal. And so I guess my question would be to you, isn't a certain amount normal? And when does it cross the line and become crippling? A certain amount of anxiety is normal. Your body in its state to get ready for certain things like test taking, stage performance, public speaking, combat readiness, it's gearing, it's gearing for action. When it becomes out of balance is when we have like an immobility or a crippling effect that it limits your functioning. So yes, a certain amount is normal, but above that, anxiety becomes problematic and crippling instead of catapulting when 
your main objective is to control something and to control the outcome. And we really saw this when the pandemic first started, um, when people were at a cleaning frenzy, the bitmojis were like sanitized and <laughs> believing that in our minds that the cleaning would prevent us from contracting the virus. And to a certain extent, that was true, but not to its fullest extent. Um, we also saw this with shopping for food. We believe that it would keep us from a lack of resources. And when you're Christian, you know, all our resources come from the Lord. So um, it, it does have a certain level of like wanting to manipulate the outcome. And that's when it becomes um, detrimental. Kat, so, what so do you think? Are you saying, so are you saying that bathing my child in hand sanitizer was too much? <laughs> <Is that? laughs> Maybe slightly some sort of control because, issue. Um, the YouTube videos have um, I'm just kidding. fire. They're flammable. I don't bathe my child. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would definitely went to the extremes, right? We're like, oh my gosh, if you look at even with a mask on, if you look at me, then I don't know. We're gonna get it. So certainly, our nation, I think, went to the extreme. So I think that if we're talking about isn't a certain amount of anxiety normal? Well, yes, but you know, maybe later we're gonna get into the spiritual aspect. But I think. Normally, we are sinful creatures, you know? So is it normal? Yes, it is. But there is a line, and I think that um, there is definitely a spectrum. If you think of anxiety as a spectrum, there's a little bit of anxiety when you are going to, like you said, you're, you're going to give a big speech, you're going to do a podcast, or, you know, the, some of those things that are normal, right? But there's a certain line where sometimes we have anxiety that our circumstances don't call for it. And then that is crossing the line. That's when it's not as normal. So it doesn't mean that it can't be helped. It just means that that is extra, right? So if it doesn't go away, if it's not something that you can contain, that is, that is, um, that's not necessarily normal in the way that we think about normal, but it can be helped. So I think when does it become crippling? Well, when it impacts your life so much that you can't get stuff done, you don't want to leave your home, you start getting physical or mental symptoms, you start getting lots of dread, feelings of dread that can definitely impact you. And I think something that we want to remember is a line to where we might need extra help would be if we're living with trauma responses or we're living with high anxious symptoms, but we're not in a trauma environment or anymore, or we are, um, our circumstances don't call for a particular level of anxiety. That is something that might have anxiety, anxiety, excuse me. Um, that is something that might need extra assistance. Um, or if we're always on, always aware, we're like a light bulb that can't be turned off. That's kind of a sign when we can't relax or calm our mind. So if we think about, I know you asked me a question and I can't remember what it is at the moment, but if we think about what, why do we get anxious? What do you think? Where does that come from? Um, I think that with people with um, real trauma, they learn at an early age um, and some like in a later age that the world is an unsafe place, especially if there's sexual abuse in a family. Um, we learn that, you know, people aren't safe and no one will come and protect them. So they try um, to master a perceived sense of control over the world. Combat action does the same thing when there is no real rhyme or reason why certain people live and other people die. Conscious, consciously or sometimes unconsciously, we try to avoid um, ever feeling those feelings of helplessness again. Subconsciously, yeah. And for others, I feel like when, when you know, there's chronic illness or life tragedies like cancers or natural disasters, um, we also have the same reaction of not, no, you know, not they what they get is like they're in fate's hands and so you're not immune to illness and death and destruction and so they overcompensate by wanting mm. to control certain aspects of the world and so it becomes really difficult for them 
Um, and also, too, I do want to say that there are biological components as well. Like mm-hmm. when, you know, there's research being done, there was research done, according to the research, the more emotionally sensitive people are, the more they will find a bad situation devastating. So biology plays a part as well. Kat, why do you think people are, are anxious? You know, I think um, I really like uh, a lot of what you said. I'm so glad to know you. (laughs) (laughs) I really like a lot of what you said. And um, I think a lot of times that our anxiety forms when we're little, um, and there's a a couple of reasons. I think that we develop, um, a lot of times we're in situations where it behooves us to develop this hyper awareness. You know, it keeps us safe. It, It develops as a coping mechanism. So when we grow in a household or around certain people who are unsafe, like you said, it behooves us to always be alert just in case, just in case um, for every little single clue or cue that we can get um, so that we can make, so we have more time to prepare, to figure out what we're going to do and to protect ourselves, right? So that can be um, emotional mess that's kind of in our home. That could be physical mess that's in our home, sexual mess, all those kind of things. So I think it develops as this coping mechanism, as a way to keep us alert. And the difficulties is just, it's hard to turn off later. So I think that's definitely one way that it develops. It has a perp- it had a purpose, but then sometimes we grow up into situations where we no longer have that purpose anymore. And that's where we see that it doesn't become useful. I think that it certainly can be learned. Absolutely, that it can be learned. If we learn how to deal with emotions from the people that we're around, and so if this is how they deal with emotions, then we take that on because we learn this is how I deal with it. Also, those people can impact our emotions based upon what we have to what we learn to tolerate and not tolerate, what we learn, whether we or not we have to pull through certain emotions, all, all those things can be impacted in our household. I think also anxiety can be a motivator to a particular goal. I mean, there is some sort of benefit to it sometimes, and it can be that, that drive that's in us. We can get attention from it. We can get goals from it. I mean, highly professional, especially professional women in helping fields. Oh man, their anxiety usually is off the charts. So, but why? Because how, how were they able to get to that place? Because they were motivated by, and usually there's some sort of fear of not making it right or letting go, but yet it, they keep it because it keeps them going towards the goal. And I think we could talk around uh, for a long time about anxiety. Lastly, I guess I would just say, admitting some stuff, I would say there's just a lack of peace, you know, so um, a lack of peace that occurs. And that's why sometimes that we have anxiety plus a million other things that we can go on. So, um, Because really, we can go on for a long time. So those are just some, some areas. So if we think about, okay, well, what does anxiety do? Why is it so bad? How, how does it impact our, our physical health? How does it impact our body? How does it, what's wrong with it? So behaviorally, like it, it leads to hypervigilance, irritability, restlessness, depression. Cognitive-wise, it leads to lack of concentration, racing thoughts, unwanted thoughts. My whole body, it usually causes fatigue, sweating, fear, feelings of impending doom, insomnia, nausea, trembling, feelings like having a heart attack, palpitations, pounding hearts. And this is what Man. usually when, when <laughs> that, I know, this is usually when we like become, a side effect for medication. I know, this is, <laughs> right there. I know, lack of sleep, breathing issues, lowers your immune system, and loss of libido. That is a huge one too. Um, Great. That most of my clients, especially like, because <laughs> I deal with PTSD most of the time, they usually have ED issues because obviously if you're anxious all the time, even though it is an, ang- sex is an anxiety reducer, you don't really want to do anything if you're always worried about something now happening. Yeah. Now you're in a cycle. Yes. And so in that, like, you know, this is usually when when the doctor becomes involved and they usually, you know, people will all go to the doctor thinking they're having some kind of heart attack and they'll be like, go see a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, why? 
Mommy. They uh, they check ruled your, out anything. Check your chart. Yeah. <laughs> check your chart. They ruled Someone's out anything wrong. physical in you and yeah, like, you want to make sure that emotional. that's the case yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes anxiety is not a um a some sort of psychological thing, but sometimes it, there is a, a medical cause. Yes. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. I think that's definitely more rare. But you yes. want to rule it out, yes. right? Um, I think something we want to highlight here is yes, it, it hits the body in regards to symptoms, right? Yes. Um, it you know, we could have tummy troubles, like you said, the butterflies. Um, and really, we expend so much energy just thinking so much that we get so tired, and then we're irritable. And then you know how that goes. So but I think one thing we want to highlight is when it comes to panic attacks, which we're not gonna go, you know, really into panic attacks mm-hmm. a whole bunch, that will be for a different day. But just what I want to highlight is one of the things I've seen over and over is when it comes to anxiety, and um, when it develops into panic attacks, usually almost always panic attacks cause no physical harm. They do not cause any medical damage, harm, almost never. You want to remember that because really a lot of times what happens is that we get more panic attacks, not because of the thing that caused it in the first place, but because now we're afraid of the symptoms that come of panic attacks. So whether we think it's a heart attack, like you said, or whether we think, oh man, I'm going crazy because now I'm panicking or I'm in panic disorder land. So, but just know they're annoying, they're uncomfortable, they're scary, these panic attacks but they almost never cause physical harm. They almost never cause heart issues. And usually the fear of it is what gives you more than whatever even caused in the first place. So I just want to put that out there. And then nowadays too, um, they've removed the word panic from the panic attack. That usually they're called- So not just attack? Anxiety attacks. (laughs) Have an attack? Because (laughs) obviously people start to panic. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of attack? That's, that's, that's between me and God. It's just an attack. Okay, <laughs> Kat. What does the Bible say about anxiety? Is it a sin to be anxious? Well, yeah, I think it is. I mean, of course, we're not talking about um, the anxiety that comes from, you know, some sort of medical disorder or a chemical, a, a legit chemical imbalance. But I do think that, yes, um, when we are anxious, even though almost all of us are anxious at some point, it is sinful. Um, I think that there's a lack of peace. There's a lack of joy. It's not one of the fruit of the spirits, right? Spirits, there I go again. The fruit of the spirit, right? When we do get anxious, there is a doubting there. There is a control factor, like you're saying. There is a, there's a factor where we're not surrendering to God and we're not, and if we surrender, we pulled it back, right? So I do think that there, there is a, um, it does have something to do with our spiritual walk. But that's for almost all of us, right? And again, that there's a spectrum. So I think that the, the Bible tells us that, the, that Jesus can give us a, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And that is one of the benefits we have as being Christians. There are so many. But we know that, that Jesus can give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. He tells us in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, we're told that God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Thank God. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind, minds in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us to lean on God, to trust in him. And it tells us that we are to be planted like a tree. Um, we are to be planted like a tree. And that's through reading our word and being connected to him and that we send out our roots by the stream, right? One of, our, uh, one of my favorite scriptures, Jeremiah 17, 7, 8 so that we're not anxious in the year of drought. Um, and he tells us not to be anxious. And, and maybe one thing I, I want to highlight is just that 
in one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 26, 3, is that it tells us that you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. What I love about that is that it's God's job to keep us in perfect peace. Our job is to keep our mind stayed upon him and to trust in him. And so he can do that. So sometimes we lose focus and that's when we get into anxiety land, but we can just get it right back and God will do that work in us. What do you think the Bible says about being anxious? You think it's a sin? Um, I am a definition person, obviously, as you can tell. How do you define that? <laughs> um, I love how Kat's brain works, but mine's work so differently than hers. And so um, sin is defined as a transgression to divine law. Anxiety, in essence, is a sin as I'm not trusting God for future provisions or his promises. I'm treating God really as essentially as a liar, as I'm not Ouch. expecting him to come through. And so that's probably like the clearest that I can make it is that, yes, you know, when anxiety is about the future, you know, I always, you know, we, we, we kind of like you ram the, the point about anxiety being about the future and depression being about the past. But God really has my past. And the Bible says that he removes my transgressions from east to west. And he's sovereign of, over all things. Yes. And so mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like he has my past and he makes me like white as snow and makes me new. You know, that's already gone, my depression. And then the anxiety, well, for my future provisions, then I have to trust God for his promises. And so that's in right. that, like, yeah, in essence, it is a sin because like you're not trusting God to do his portion for you. And so Joshua 1, 9 says, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you where you go. He commands us to be courageous. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Pretty Can sense. any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And like, right. I do want to say that we suffer twice when we worry and are anxious, one right. since anticipation of the event and the other when the thing or the comp complication arrives. And so I don't know about you, but I, I'd rather just be like one, one shot, you know one what I done. mean? Just like, just like, your, <laughs> just like done. husbands, you know what I mean? I'd rather ask for forgiveness <laughs> than, <going home> late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> than having to hear them like ramble on all the, all the way through. <laughs> And so the, the Bible says a lot of things about anxiety and keeping it in check because he knew we'd be where we were prone to like anxious okay. feelings. And so I do feel like when you when your mind is rested on him, like Kat was saying that, you know, that allows for the peace that you're seeking. And so instead of like being like because a lot of our clients will tell us like report like impending doom feelings like about the future and so in that like know that god has you yeah that's right and you know i was reminded of um of romans eight twenty eight, um of exactly what you're speaking about i think um and and we know that for those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose here's Amen. calling right mm -hmm. so everything works out uh it's not like he's surprised by anything and so i i think that's exactly right that we are to to trust in his sovereignty of whatever is going to happen. So that begs the next question. What can I do to help myself when I'm anxious, both biblically and clinically? Good question. <laughs> so um, I think there's, oh man, there's so much. And I, I really just have to highlight, um, I think we mentioned this on the uh, last podcast or not, but I really just think, oh man, as, as believers, we really have such an advantage because who is peace? Who is love? Our Lord, 
you know? And so we are trying to grow closer to him and more like him, you know? And we just have an answer that is like no other. And that's that we have our Lord. We just have something that if we, we have a God who can provide a supernatural peace, that's not even in our ability to produce. He can do that. And man, are we just so advantaged. And so I would just encourage you, go closer to him. Obviously, that's one of the first things. Go closer to him. Be in your word. The Bible tells us that the word will transform us. It can transform our thinking. Be closer to him. You will grow more like him. And that includes having more peace. Um, and again, you know, you ke- he keeps us in perfect peace. So if we're talking therapeutically, what are some things that we can do um, in addition to those things? I think that there's, there's a couple things. We can turn our anxiety into anticipation sometimes. So we can say, instead of thinking like, hey, I'm just so nervous for tomorrow, we could say, hey, I'm so excited for tomorrow, right? So even just those little things can, can uh, make such a difference. We talk about all the time cognitive distortions and challenging those. And again, I'm going to bring up challenging cognitive distortions, challenging that black or white thinking. It doesn't have to be um, all or nothing. There is a gray area. So start thinking about in gray areas. Also, challenging mind reading and jumping to conclusions, learning how to check out the things before and then have a reaction because it happened, not have a reaction before anything ever happens. I think that you can do is the end of the world type of questioning. Sometimes when we're highly anxious is because we're in black or white thinking, we're thinking it's the end of the world when really it's not. So you just ask yourself, is this the end of the world? If I don't do well on this test, if this person makes fun of me, if the conversation doesn't go the way I want it to, or if my child doesn't do what, what I want them to or whatever, is the end of the world. Well, no, it's not the end of the world. I will go on. Obviously, I'm always going to talk about getting regular exercise. It's so helpful. Um, you want to keep up um, good, healthy habits, your, your vitamins, eating healthy, um, your exercise. You can even induce uh, similar symptoms to anxiety, like running up and down stairs or running real fast and then stopping and then calming yourself down to practice. How do I calm my body down? How do I do those things? Trying a lot of times I'll say trying to stay in the right now in this minute. So if you remind yourself right now in this minute, I'm okay. Right now in this minute, I'm fine. Um, Instead of thinking about the next eight hours, like a lot of times we'll have, um, I I would see people that were having work stress. And so on Sunday, they would be stressed out already for Monday or Monday morning, they'd be stressed out because they're thinking about the whole day. So you have to think, okay, Right now, I'm just thinking about this next one hour. So you break big chunks of time into very small chunks of time. And you just say, okay, right now in this minute, I'm okay. Right now in this minute, I'm just taking a shower. Um, You can reward yourself, you know, for getting through it. Remind yourself, like at some point, this thing that's making me anxious is going to be over. Laugh. Try to get a good laugh in there. Remember, life is a journey. You're not perfect. Um, And that there's lots of learning experiences that we're going to have through life. And this might be just one of those things. And then lastly, I think if you're anxious because of relationship stuff or being assertive or having talks, I think, or avoiding a talk, I think you can um, rehearse it. You can think about what is that person, what is going to be their response to the outcome, and then what I'm going to do about that. So you can be strategic. There's a lot of things we can do to be strategic. And again, I can go on for hours. You already know that um, when it comes to this stuff. So I'm going to hand it over to you because I got to be stopped. Some of the, te- <laughs> some of the techniques that I use is like, one of them is to have vision, both spiritually and in the flesh, also synonymous with clinical visualization. See yourself flourishing and thriving. Visualize yourself making it through that panic attack and moving through anxiety and into peace. 
I was listening to this preaching on having vision. And so in that, like, you know, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And so in that, like, you know, vision for yourself is super important. Vision for your purpose, vision for like, even getting through that ugly moment um, when it feels overwhelming is super important. Another one is talk back to your pathological critic, also known as the negative self-talk. Oh, self. You're talking about ourself. Yes. And pathological critic, that's somebody else. No, your pathological ourself. critic. Okay. My, like I'm less than, <laughs> okay. are they going to, how are they going to see me, my rejection, yeah. all those other things. Okay. So for people with anxiety, fear is at the core. So fear that they will yep. stop breathing yep. or having a heart attack or impending doom. Um, one of my clients, I like to say this story, like, cause I thought that was really good of him too, is that, you know, he was like, once I, you told me that it was, it was a panic attack, I would say, you know what, this is only going to take a couple minutes of my life. Come at me, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll be done in a couple minutes and go back to my normal life. So don't right. let it your will not m- last forever. Yeah, it doesn't last forever. Don't let your mon- mind run wild. You control you. Um, we all have that internal dialogue in our heads. I know people always will be like, oh, aren't you not supposed to talk to each other? No, we talk to each, we talk to, to ourselves on a daily basis. Um, it just, you have to regulate the talk that you have with yourself. And it, hopefully it's a positive self-talk like, yay, you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no silent treatment yes, to yourself. You know, a lot of preaching. <laughs> We're on a silent break right now. <laughs> A lot of preachers will say like the biggest enemy is our inner is, is our inner me. And so in that you have to be able to like control yourself and like even the anxiety, you have to be able to rein that in. And so the next one I use a lot of is like l- letting it go um, and letting it go. I also kind of I, I, I know this is a little bit different than some other people, but I go down the rabbit hole with my clients. Like if they're thinking like, oh, like I'm going to get fired. Like, okay, can you manage like on unemployment until you find your next place? Like, is it ideal? Mm -hmm. No, it's probably not the ideal, but if it's the worst case scenario, like for me, I'd be like, oh man, I'm fun employed. I've never been, I've never been on unemployment. So for me, I'd be like, oh, I might, might take a, like a little trip. <laughs> but oh if you have it like that. <laughs> Into the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> a free trip to the backyard. Well, I think and, that's called if then questioning, right? Like yeah. if this happens, then what could be the worst? Yeah. Well, and if that well, happens, what's the worst? Yeah. What is the worst? And sometimes like, yeah, the worst is like, it's manageable. And so mm-hmm. you can handle it. It's not it. the end of the world. You have to be able to like let some of those things go. That's right. Another one is obviously self-care. I know women have a really difficult time with having self-care because they feel guilt about leaving their children, about leaving their husbands. And I get that. But at the same time, like trust that they don't have the same reservations about leaving you and, and the kids. I, don't, I think that's true. <laughs> I, I don't believe that they do. <laughs> and so taking some time for yourself, like, you know, like for the, the poor overworked mothers, like, especially right now, distance learning, like taking a nap, like, oh gosh, let's not bring washing that up right your now. hair, like <laughs> some of these like nice things, you know, doing your, your nails, um, all of these things just to like something that feels good and is just for you. And then also, I also use exposure therapy with a caveat because people have a tendency to go full on like, you know, small, like I have clients that have agoraphobia. And so exposure therapy is exactly how it sounds like you expose yourself to the fear stimuli, not like fear factor, like where they throw you into like a bunch of snakes. And you're not exposing yourself. Yeah. You're not, you're not, we're not and telling you to go expose yourself. Not we're telling you to, no. to, 
to face particular fears. Yeah, it's just facing. Maybe it's time for a new name. I'm to call that a different therapy. It's just, um, so like, you know, if you're agoraphobic, your first exposure can't be like a, a concert. Um, don't set yourself That's up true. for failure. So smaller venues that are like more like your regular routine, like Target or something like that. Yeah. And so when you get overwhelmed and you most likely will be, um, you know, obviously because you're trying to, to face your fears, plan to go outside yeah. and have a, you know, have an, have a plan to go outside and breathe and then yes. eventually go back in. Try That's again. And even being around nature helps just that calming. Yes. And just outside. And even if there's no nature in the parking lot, like deep oh, breathe, well. come back inside the building <laughs> and listen to the target elevator rocks. music. <laughs> you know, one thing I, I really love that I wanted to highlight again, um, which I completely agree about is about not being double anxious. And that's so important. So I think sometimes even just remembering not to be double anxious can be helpful. So if whatever you're worried about is going to happen and you're going to have a reaction, you'll deal with it then. Don't be worried now and then because now you're double anxious because you're going to be anxious then anyway. So just save it for then because there's so many people who are so anxious about Monday morning and Monday day that they can't enjoy Sunday. Right? Mm -hmm. So don't be double anxious. If it's going to happen, you're going to deal with it because you've dealt with it before. You'll deal with it again. Yes. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just want to highlight that. That, that was very important. And loosen up. Progressive muscle, progressive muscle relaxation. Like we like to do body scans. We're huge. Like especially <laughs> like therapists, we're huge. Like, you know, from start from your head and start relaxing all the way down to your toes. And so in that, just like loosen up. And then also I like to do the make a fist and do it really, really, really tight and let go one finger at a time, noticing what your body feels like when it's tense and when don't it's... hit anybody. <laughs> no. And when it's Don't relaxed. And so yeah. in that, like a lot of progressive muscle relaxation will also help you. And nowadays, like, I mean, we're in the age of technology where there is so many apps and mindfulness apps that you can like, they, they do the body scan for you. Um, and you just have to listen while, while they do the soothing voice. <laughs> Was that your soothing voice? <laughs> that was my attempt at a soothing voice. It might have sounded like a very I almost fell asleep right there. That was really good. <laughs> it was very good. Um, you know, um, also I was thinking, you know what? The, the last thing someone needs that is super, super anxious is just to have a whole bunch of time to think. You know, so keep yourself occupied. Don't be overly busy, but you should have projects you're working on, distractions, things like that. Otherwise, you just have a whole bunch of time to think about that thing that's driving you a little crazy. And, not technically crazy. and you, you, we can't be us and not do the mindfulness techniques. And so mindfulness, we told you um, last uh, podcast is basically, in essence, it's uh, being in the moment. Um, therapeutically, it's focusing the awareness on the present moment. So um, and so that's super important. The Bible says, Matthew 634, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for the the, tom the tomorrow will be anxious of itself. Sufficient is the day and it has Hello. its own troubles. So at, yes. at the end of the day, just learning how to like be mindful and in the moment, it's really the old adage cliche, like when you break it down to take time and smell the roses. Whatever you're doing, like right now, I'm doing the podcast with my friend. I'm enjoying her take on it because I love her brain and just enjoying the moment for the moment's worth. And so that's super important too. So cat. Tell me, like, let's do the synopsis version of, of this. So, yes, the takeaway. You know, um, just before we do that real fast, you know, something I was just thinking about is just 
you know, sometimes the issue is our core needs to be strengthened in who we are in Christ, and we need to know who we are in Christ, and that can solve so much. So a question you may have for yourself is, do I know who Christ says I am? Because if you knew, oh my goodness, there is so much freedom in, in knowing who you are in Christ and, and living in that. Even when we don't deserve it, but living in it, there's just so much freedom. Um, and I guess my takeaway that I would want for you would be that, you know, peace is found through Christ. And again, I bring up my scripture again, my fa- my, not my scripture, but my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 26, 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God will keep you in perfect peace. Your job is to stay, keep your mind stayed on him and trust in him. That's what you need to do. So whenever you're not sure what to do, go right back to that. Keep your mind stayed upon him, trust in him. He will keep you in perfect peace. It is possible. It is doable. We serve a good God who is all powerful. Susan, what do you want them to take away? I want the takeaway to be that anxiety robs you of the life God wants for you. The enemy uses anxiety to cripple you and sideline you from your purpose. So don't make it easy for the enemy enemy by living in fear. I've always liked, I'm more partial to 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind in the King James Version. And so I always think like it's so wise and revelant and obviously the bible because it has a sound mind in there and i always think mental health wise that it's very appropriate that it's in there because yes Yes. you have to keep your mind sound that's right you know hopefully that's the takeaway is that you know god has your future and Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an ex- expected end. So if depression yeah. is really about the past and the Lord says that he removes our transgressions and that, you know, in Psalms 103, um, 103, 12 and takes care of our future, lay safe in knowing he's got your future. And so in that, like, it's super important to um, know, like, that it does rob you of peace, like Kat was saying. and so. You know, and it robs you of a fuller life when you're so fearful of things that can happen and that may not even happen. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Have you ever gotten anxious and then it didn't happen? You're like, now I wasted all that. Really? That's it? Like, man, I wasted all that time being anxious and nothing. (laughs) Redo. Not (laughs) out. I was like, would you do that thing that makes me anxious? (laughs) Because now I'm mad. So Kat, can you pray for us? (laughs) Absolutely. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time that you have given us. Thank you so much that you have given us a um, chance to um, read your word, to speak your word, to live in your word. Lord Jesus, help us to live out your word. Help us to be uh, more like you. Help us in our each individual life. Thank you that you are so great and so able and so powerful that you can work in each one of us individually exactly where we're at and exactly that you in the place that you have us in our life right now. Um, I pray that you would just bring your perfect peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that you would just help us to, to be able to, um, to live in that fullness and that we would just share it with others. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. I pray for your healing. Thank you that you've come for us that are sick, Lord Jesus, and knowing that we are all sick and that you are our healer. We love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Until next time. All right. See you later. Don't forget Instagram and Facebook at... So- Social workers and scriptures. Take care. Bye-bye.